everyone and welcome to In Conversation, a video series from SHIFT. Today our video topic is going to be diversity in media education and we will be talking to Lee Pelton who is the president of Emerson College. Welcome President Pelton, thank you for being here. Well thank you, it's a pleasure to be here. Awesome to have you. So I'd love if you can start out by just introducing yourself a little bit. Um, tell us about your history, your career uh, up to this point. Okay. Well, um, I've been at Emerson as its president for nine years. Before that, I was at a small liberal arts college in the uh, West called Willamette University. It was actually the first university founded west of uh, the Mississippi. It was founded in 1832. Uh, it's located in uh, Salem, Oregon, which is the capital of Oregon. Before that, I was dean of the college at Dartmouth College uh, for seven years, and then I was dean of uh, uh, Colgate University uh, for five years. And uh, before that, I, I, I spent a, a lot of time at uh, Harvard, where I received my PhD in English and literature, English and American literature, and where I was um, also teaching uh, and was doing some uh, administrative uh, work. Wow. And if you could introduce us a little bit to Emerson College, um, as an alma mater, as, a, as an alumni, it's obviously very close to my heart, but um, mm. for those of us unfamiliar with Emerson, um, what makes Emerson unique uh, in, in the education landscape and what kind of drew you to Emerson as an institution? Well, I would say three things. The first thing is that we're, very, we're distinctive. So we're not a traditional conservatory, nor are we a traditional uh, liberal arts. We've taken elements of both and created something new and distinctive. I think of us really as liberal arts 2.0 uh, and uh, because we, we combine liberal learning with, with uh, professional uh, studies. Uh, I also uh, humorously say that we're, we're MIT for the other side of the brain. <laughs> what I mean by that, we're, we're like an engineering school where students come to engineering schools and they know exactly what they want to do. Right. They want to be in a, a civil engineer or they want to be an architect or an astrophysicist or something like that. And we have students who come here and they know what they want to do. And in fact, they, as opposed to a liberal arts college where you wait a couple of years before you even uh, uh, enter your major, uh, students apply to a major department uh, when they come here. So it's very much like a graduate program graduate school as opposed to an undergraduate program. So we have these students who know what they want to do, they're passionate about what they want to do, uh, and they're really, they're really very good at it even before they arrive. We're also like an engineering school in that um, engineering schools are very collaborative. They spend a lot of time in their laboratories and so on. We, we have laboratories too, uh, but they're called studios uh, and you know, performance spaces. Um, and the work that we do here is very collaborative. And then the third thing is that we are a, a creative force. Um, and uh, what I mean by that is the students who come here are not gonna be the football captains. They're probably not gonna be the, you know, the student government association presidents, uh, but they, they belong to this creative class. And the creative class um, uh, may not be at the center or the core of their high school, uh, the dominant class, uh, but it is powerful. And when students come here, they see themselves reflected in Emerson and that they know when they come here, 
they are going to be the people that they meant to be. I'll give you my own experience with my daughter who came to Emerson before I was uh, president. And uh, we were on campus and she was here maybe an hour, an hour, and she said, this, this is it. I said, what do you mean this is it? She said, this is it. I know this is where- You can I feel it. Yeah, I can feel it. And I can, parent after parent will say the same thing about their, uh, you know, about their children who visit Emerson. They, they, they know it, they recognize it, they see um, immediately. That yeah. this is a, a nurturing place for them. I had the same experience myself uh, along 14 years ago when I was a visiting student exactly. there. I'm wondering if, if on a, a really high level, you can paint for me kind of a picture of um, your vision for the college and kind of where in your leadership you are hoping to see this college go or, or, or how you picture kind of the future, the next five or 10 years of Emerson on a really high level. Well, we try to, uh, we're engaged in inculcating uh, various capacities in our students. A, a capacity for creativity, a capacity for collaboration, a capacity for critical thinking, and a, capa a capacity for communication. Those four C's, communication, critical thinking, uh, collaboration, and creativity, is though the world, the 21st century can't get enough of that. And we believe that our students, uh, when they leave Emerson with those four capacities, um, will be able to do whatever they want to do. Many of them will go into the creative world or the media world or the arts world. Right. But we have some who will go on to law school. Um, we have the recent uh, uh, Associate Supreme Court Justice uh, in Oregon, um, I think pointed two years ago, she has an Emerson degree. Uh, she also has a, a JD. Uh, many of our uh, students will go on and be entrepreneurs. We have a very strong entrepreneurial spirit here. So, so that's the kind of the core of what we do. We have um, what I call several pillars of excellence. One is academic excellence, of course. That's the core teaching and learning of what we do. Uh, we have a pillar of innovation, and we're, we're known for being innovative. Forbes magazine described us as the 13th most innovative college wow. Uh, in, in the nation. Uh, we have a commitment to civic engagement. We want our students to, um, to be engaged in the broader society. Uh, to quote Plato, not only become fit company uh, for others, but for themselves as well. Um, and, and then we have a commitment to global education. Mm -hmm. uh, and so in the last three or four years, we've really been focused on making Emerson the global hub of arts and communication in the world. Uh, and we're moving um, very much in that direction. You know, we have we have a program in LA, which I humorously describe as a study abroad program in a foreign country <laughs> called Los Angeles. Sounds about uh, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then we 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 have the longstanding program uh, in Netherlands, the the Castle, which is one of the best undergraduate um, study abroad programs uh, in the world, really. Uh, and then we've opened up a, a program in Paris. Uh, we're opening up next a program in um, in Switzerland, uh, and we're looking at opening up a program in um, Sydney, Australia. Yeah. So we we want our students. Uh, so we our students will will carry uh, will have uh, not just U.S. passports, but passports from around the world. And our faculty now are in uh, seven of the eight continents. Wow, that's amazing! It, it, even in the in the nine or 10 years since I've been there, it's amazing to see how much um, 
it has grown and expanded and just continues to go out into the world, which I love, I love hearing about. I'm hoping you can, um, thinking back on kind of your tenure, not just here at Emerson over the last nine years, but in all of the educational institutions that you've been a part of, can you talk to me a little bit about your experience around diversity and inclusion efforts in the higher education world? Yeah. What does that look like now? And, and how has that changed in the last five to 10 years? Is it, is it always something that's kind of top of mind? Or does it feel like we're in a new moment right now when we talk about making sure our, our campus and our faculty shows a diverse population? Well, uh, you've asked two questions. I'll take the last one first. Yeah. Uh, people ask me, uh, is, this, is this a moment? Mm. And when I say, no, it's not a moment, it's a movement. It really is a movement. And what's striking about this movement uh, is that it's uh, multiracial, yeah. uh, profoundly multiracial. Uh, it is led by uh, young people, some of whom are still in high school and, and who can use social media to whip up a, a, a protest rally of 10,000 people in you know, 24, 36 uh, hours. Um, so it, it is a it is a it is a it is a moment uh, a movement and and it's you know symbolized by uh, the death of uh, Mr. Floyd uh, really took root um, yeah. in that eight and forty eight minutes and forty six seconds in which the officer had his uh, knee buried into Mr. Floyd's uh, neck uh, so uh, this does feel like a movement to me uh, it can go for me it goes back to 1991 when Rodney King was beaten by four um, LA police officers. Uh, and then in 92, when those police officers were uh, acquitted uh, and uh, subsequently the LA riots and riots all across the nation. So I think that's, that's the, you know, that's the uh, lineage there. Yeah. What we know about diversity, diversity is the way of life. It is, uh, as Lucretius would say, uh, the rarum natura. It's in the nature of things, diversity, in our own lives, biodiversity. Right. Uh, those of us who have uh, investment investment portfolios, right. it's to be diverse. Uh, so it's very much a part of life. And in the academy, uh, in colleges and universities, uh, you cannot be excellent without diversity. It's not possible uh, because uh, we thrive on diversity of ideas and perspectives and backgrounds and skin color, uh, that's where learning takes place, right. is in diverse um, in environments. And so diversity is not something to be fixed. You know, I just mm. kind of, it, it, it is, it requires an ongoing continuous effort. It's not about become, it's not about being something. Right. It's about becoming something. It will always be aspirational. And whatever you are able to achieve, you know, in 2020, there's still more to be achieved in 2021 and 22 and 23 and subsequent uh, generations. Yeah. And when you think about the, the cultural landscape, the um, ideas, temperaments, feelings, thoughts about, you know, our, our country and our world as a whole, what do you see as the importance of the college experience in kind of shaping those thoughts and ideas 
um, and, and contributing to that conversation. We can talk about, again, that journey towards diversity and equity in a lot of different ways, but specifically when we talk about higher education and when we talk about the experience students are having on campus, what, what do you see as that piece of the puzzle, as the importance of that role in, in the larger conversation? Well, it's very important and we have to recognize there's learning that takes place in the classroom and there's learning that takes place outside of the classroom and both of those at a residential college are very uh they're, they're profoundly important in terms of uh, uh, how students grow and develop intellectually and right. personally uh, inside the classroom uh, we want to make sure that uh, our courses uh, our faculty uh, reflect the diversity not only of the country but of the world um, and so we seek to do that here at Emerson there's always work to be done in that area we also uh, seek as best as we can um, to have a diverse student population mm -hmm. uh, so that the conversations that students have outside of the classroom the associations that they have um, and um, all of the interplay uh, will uh, you know, will be done within a, a diverse, uh, diverse uh, set of uh, set of students. We've made some progress here um, at Emerson. Now, 25% of our um, students, undergraduates, are uh, uh, you know students of color, mm. uh, and another 16% now are um, international students. Uh, I think that's probably a lot different than when you were here. So, it's a huge percentage, yeah. 41% of our students. Uh, represent some kind of uh, diversity and we take great pride uh, in that. Yeah and something that I find really special about Emerson and actually really specifically why I wanted to talk to you and, and not the president of any other college is the the role that Emerson has in the kind of media and arts landscape as you discussed our students are very creative we go on to a lot of creative industries so specifically as a media and art school and a pipeline directly into the kind of working community once you graduate you kind of go directly into the workforce is there a, a special importance on uh diversity equity inclusion specifically at emerson because of its media and arts focus well there certainly is and um you know, this, the 20th, this century is really the century of media, I think. Um, and I mean that in all of its various uh, forms, yeah. uh, from film to journalism. Uh, and at Emerson, we're the storytellers. You know, we're the myth makers. We understand the power of storytelling to transform lives uh, and uh, even transform nations. Uh, and so our students come, uh, uh, leave Emerson, uh, with this gift of storytelling. And the storytelling might be uh, a journalist. Uh, it could be, uh, you know, could be someone who makes film. It could be someone who uh, performs on the stage or, you know, or writes for the stage. But it's, 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 it's storytelling. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, but we also understand that broadly, um, that, uh, that people of color are underrepresented uh, in all of the areas that I just mentioned. Right. They're underrepresented in films in Hollywood. They're underrepresented uh, on um, the you know, theatrical stages. They're even underrepresented 
uh, but less so um, in uh, journalism and uh, various, you know, both print um, and uh, media journalism. And so we feel that we have an obligation to, to rectify as best as we can. We can't do it alone, obviously, uh, that under uh, representation. And we do have some, you know, some programs at Emerson. We, we have a, um, uh, we have uh, programs that target, uh, you know, diverse uh, diversity in, you know, in film, for sure, uh, in journalism, uh, certainly. Uh, less so on stage, but 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 uh, I think we're we're getting there. Yeah, and and you touched on this a little bit, but I I hope we can go a little bit deeper into um, when we kind of take a, a big step back and look at it from from ten thousand feet up again in the landscape of the um, American culture, the mm -hmm. role of media and entertainment in the ability to change hearts and minds. Um, the role of art in the ability to change hearts and minds and thoughts. Um, I'm wondering if you can speak a little more on the importance of media and the arts in our, in our cultural landscape. Yeah. Well, media at the highest level connects us uh, uh, to issues and topics uh, that are most important. Uh, it allows us to see with new and fresh eyes um, aspects of human life and human society that we might not have otherwise see. Um, and certain kinds of media, journalism, for instance, whether it's, again, uh, television, radio, or print, um, uh, it, 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 again, it gives us a, 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 a fresh perspective on the world uh, around us, and it opens our eyes uh, to a uh, you know to a different view uh, of, of 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 the world, so it is uh, you know it's 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 vitally important. I think with respect to social media, there's a there's a kind of inherent contradiction in where we are. First of all, it's democratized. Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's democratized media, so you know people can can indulge themselves right. in a variety of forms. They, you know, we're very much in the age of self curation, you right. know, all selfies. That's what that's all about. I'm curating my life for you to see it as I want you to see it. Yeah. Um, so, so that democratization is probably a good thing, but we also know with uh, almost all of those social media platforms, there are algorithms built into them that would um, affinity, you know, make, so that, you know, they develop affinities and so you only see, I should say only, that's an exaggeration, but you mostly see only the stuff that you, uh, uh, the algorithm wants you to see, right. which is based on what you've seen in the past. Uh, and so you're not, you're not uh, you know, if you're someone who watches CNN all the time, uh, or you're, you, know, you go to YouTube, and that's what you're gonna see, that's what's gonna pop up you know, in that menu for you to, to, to see, and that's uh, yeah. certainly that's become a big problem with YouTube, uh, especially. Uh, but I think with other the the other forms of social media, as well. It's the bubble. It's the bubble that we're it all talking about. The echo chamber of, yeah. well, we yeah. know that you like this type of content, so let's just keep feeding you that type of content without ever yeah. getting out of that cycle. Um, In fact, there's a very famous story, not famous, sort of famous, about a uh, an engineer at YouTube. Who wanted to break out of that bubble 
and to create algorithms that would uh, allow uh, you know diverse points of view and diverse. Yeah. And um, uh, he was let go. Oh wow! <laughs> because that doesn't that doesn't because it's all about driving um, you know likes and clicks and monetization. Really, that's, that's <laughs> the so, end so, goal. Yeah. So that so he he was he, he, you know he told the story he was fired. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Um, right at the end here, uh, the last couple of questions. Can you can you paint for me a kind of vision of the future as you would like to see it? And I mean both uh, right there at Emerson College, kind of in your own backyard, um, and in in the media and arts industries as a whole. And I know, like you said, this is not a destination, but but a, kind of an experience and a journey. But as your feeling and experiencing this moment and this movement, do you have your sights set on some future um, that, that you are kind of trying to, to steer, steer towards? Well, as a nation, we've not lived out our creed, e pluribus unum, out of uh, the many one. Right. We have a long way to go. And as we've seen, uh, recently, uh, in these this this move, movement that I've talked about, which uh, it's you, you know there there are a lot of George Floyds before <laughs> Mr. Floyd, yeah. um, but I think we've uh, seen that we have a long way to go with respect to uh, diversity. And there's a kind of at least for Black Americans, uh, you know, a, a structural race uh, structural uh, racism that's been a part of this uh, part of the founding of this nation and even before the founding of this nation beginning in 1619, uh, 400 years of, of slavery and, and, and um, so on. So, you know, it would be my hope that um, we would have a future that is more uh, diverse. Uh, let me put it this way, where, where there's opportunity for diverse voices to be mm. heard. Um, where diversity appears more um, clearly um, in our uh, personal lives um, and in our work lives, we we, we have a, we have a lot to do in that area. I mean, if you look at Hollywood, for instance, and and uh, who are the executives and who controls the money and so on and so forth, um, a lot of both for men and both for women and right. uh, people of color, there is a considerable amount of uh, work to be done. Right. And right at the end, before I, I let you go, um, mm -hmm. I'm wondering if there's any um, resources, reading, action items, you know, I like to try to leave people with something they can actually do or engage with. So is there anything that you're experiencing right now or places that someone that maybe is new to this conversation is new to this experience where, where they can get started? Any, any place um, that, that we can read and learn more? Well, you, you know, there's, there's a lot out there, but I, I would say as a general rule, remember this, uh, progress begins with discomfort. Mm -hmm. That's where change begins with discomfort. So I would encourage all of us, myself included, uh, to put ourselves in places and situations and circumstances that make us a little uncomfortable. Yeah. whatever those are you can figure those out i mean there are a lot of there's a there's a you know the whole host of things that are available to you 
uh, in terms of, uh, you know, making friends that you might not have made before or going to this social event that you had not gone before or go right. to this cultural event uh, that you might not have gone before. Go to this church, which you might not have gone before. Um, and, you know, that's change really begins with, with comfort. You know, the, the Greek word uh, crisis really means change. Mm. Um, and so uh, we all need to be in a state of crisis uh, in one way or another. Yeah. Thank you so much, President Pelton. I, I really appreciate you taking the time. As I said, the the kind of change starts everywhere, but as a as a direct pipeline into these industries that we're talking about, I figured you had a really unique perspective to share, and I, I appreciate you sharing that with us. Thank you so yeah. much. Well, thank you for talking. I really appreciate it, and good luck. Thank you. Thank you.